welcome to Sample Cupboard, the place tucked away from the hustle and bustle where we come to have a chat about whatever's on your mind. I'm Kay. And I'm Johnny. And we're here to sample all of life's ups and downs in all their glory. Grab a drink, get comfy and close the door behind you. Hello. I felt like I said hey, like as if we were doing the intro then. I'm so enthusiastic. <laughs> no, I thought it was fine. How are you okay. doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm well, I'm well. Another week, another dollar. I feel like this week for me has just been a whirlwind. Like, what day are we on? Where are we, please? <laughs> it's been one of them fuckers, hasn't it? Like, I think ev- everyone's just been feeling a bit like, I don't know, just a mixture of emotions. It's strange because I felt really optimistic the week before and I was like, yes, like the, what's it called? The roadmap to freedom has been like outlined and then fucking furlough's been extended Mm, to September. I'm like, well, you're not telling me here. I'm getting my hopes up. Do I start buying my outfits or? I know it's like contradiction much. It's subconsciously just made me feel a bit down in the dumps. I don't know about you. Mm, yeah, I feel the same. Um, I When the roadmap did get announced and everyone on social media was like, oh my God, amazing, 21st of June, I'll see you there in the club. And I was like, I was sat thinking, do you all seriously believe that this is going to happen? Like I got so down about it because I just thought, how can we go from being not even allowed to sit down on a bench two meters away from our friend in a park to all raving it up in like four months time. Like I just couldn't see it happening. Um, it was just a massive change. I was on that week. I was like, no, I don't want to hear that. How can that yeah. not be a thing? I want to hear <laughs> what are you going to wear to the club on the 21st? Like, what are we going to be doing? But now this week I'm like, oh. I think we've both swapped over. The roles have reversed. I've 360 really. Because I know we had this conversation because like part of me really wanted to just be excited, but I just didn't, I, I couldn't find it in me. Like it just seemed so far away. But I think as the days have gone by like we're what two weeks into the roadmap being announced now is it oh, wait <laughs> it took us two weeks to speak about this we need to get with it this is old news now <laughs> i know we need to fucking speed up but i feel like every day that goes by I've, i'm feeling a little bit more hopeful like allowing myself to feel like yeah it may or may not be the 21st of june but yeah things are going to change for the better in the coming months and that's something that we can really like hold on to and and give us hope so whatever date it's going to be I'll see you in the club as and when it is safe to do so honey and I'm not going to tell you my outfit because I want it to be a surprise (laughs) I'm scared my life I actually have started to forget like how to dress in other in anything other than like jogging bottoms but stop it absolutely stop it like (laughs) on my personal feed I do like Sunday style feed TikTok style reel and I've been finding it really hard to know what to put together because I just feel like I've exhausted all my options. It's really hard. I feel like I'm either going to be like sweats and leggings or prom queen. Like I can't yeah. think. Paris Hilton at the 2001 VMAs. Oh my God, iconic. I don't even think I've put a pair of jeans on in the last year. I haven't worn jeans in so long. I don't even know if, if they'd fit me anymore, to be honest. It's quite a scary thing, isn't it? And like... Also, from a kind of like trend point of view, we've not been going out or doing anything for a whole year. So unless we've seen it on Instagram or we've seen it mm. in a magazine, how the f- I, I'm just like, I don't know what the trends are going to be like. 
I don't know no, what people are going to be wearing. It's going to be, I think what's going to be really interesting is when we are in the club is to see what everyone is wearing and how <laughs> crazy it's going to be. Like everyone is talking about this fantasy of the new roaring twenties, you know, like post-World yes. War One, every, like the great depression. And then people just like coming out of that and going, fuck this, I'm going to wear sparkles to the fucking corner shop. I am going to yeah. wear a fucking hat and gloves everywhere I go. Like, <laughs> gloves, it's just... <laughs> not winter. <laughs> no, oh, I meant like, Silk. I meant like a fabulous, gorgeous hat and like opera gloves. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like, that woolly hat, woolly gloves. No, no, we're not wrapping up, hun. I want to get as much skin out as possible. Lockdown yeah. bod can fuck off. Like, I don't care. <laughs> no one's seen my skin for fucking years. I want to show everyone. <laughs> that leads us quite nicely into um, our Wednesdays we wear section. What are you wearing this Wednesday, honey? Shock. I'm wearing joggers and a sweatshirt again. But I've got a bit of colour going on today. <laughs> Yeah, you do. And what a lovely colour it is. It is beautiful. Green is my favourite mm. colour. It's just like yes. an emerald green, forest green um, sweatshirt. And it says Good Energy Club. And it's by a brand on Instagram called L... I hope I'm saying this right. Eldrobe. And just some really old grey joggers that have got a hole in them. Fab. <laughs> I'm literally... It's just one of those fucking weeks. It really is. Like, any any holes of gold, babe. I do choke on my teeth. <laughs> Right, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a lovely black fleecy hoodie from LSE. I never know how to say it, LSE or LS. Who knows? I say LSE. Yeah, who knows? And does it really matter? Like, you know the vibe. You know the basketball brand. And then I've got some old, again, grey joggers. I love how we're lifting up to show each other. No one else can see <laughs> this but us. Just to prove that we are actually wearing stuff on our bottom half. <laughs> Oh my god, maybe we should do like naked podcast filming one day. <laughs> How weird would that be? Dad, I'm busy, don't come in. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> okay, so this week's shower thought then. To be honest, I am apprehensive. Okay, what have you got to say? So I didn't mean to make this bird themed again because my other shower <laughs> thought was about the quill. It's another bird theme. <laughs> like this wasn't done on purpose. Anyway, so yeah, so this week I was thinking about how the birds are really fucking noisy. And can like can you tell a bird is from a certain area because of their sound? Like because of their song. So do birds have kind of regional accent i've heard a talk about this i'm sure people have looked into this from like a scientific perspective stop really yeah so i could literally hear if that bird is from manchester out my window or like that bird's from cov well i'd be amazed if you could no i mean <laughs> or like or like okay for example is someone like oh my god that bird is from so and so stay away from him like, oh do, you, do you think they they know this and they're like, shit, yeah, do you think, stay away from that one? Do you think birds have like turf wars? Yeah, I bet Or like tree do. wars. They're like, this is my tree, back off. Or they'll be like, oh shit, can you hear? That yeah. blackbird, he's from... He's from <laughs> I don't even know. Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to offend any cities, whoever lives in them. But no, do you think, I love Liverpool. Yeah, do you think... That's what was going on in my mind. Like, do birds That's have... so mad. Do bird songs correspond to regional accents or, like, co correlate with the regions they're from, like a regional accent? 
basically? That's my question for you. I don't know, you know, because it's mad as well. Because birds migrate, don't they? Lots of birds like fly across countries and borders. So they must pick up accents along the way, surely. Yeah. And then do they then do they pick them up? <laughs> like, you know, if you spend too long in an area, do you do the birds start picking up that accent, yeah. that song? I don't know about you, but like sometimes if I'm speaking to somebody that's got a really thick accent, I'll like mirror them. So maybe birds do the same. David Attenborough, if you're out there, Please get in touch. <laughs> It'd be amazing to have your thoughts. Imagine we got David Attenborough on the podcast. Let's talk about the main deal for this week then. The topic of conversation is... University. The lowdown on university. A lot of people have been talking to us about this and wanted us to sort of share our uni experiences. We kind of dabbled in it in you know, a few previous episodes about like where we went, what we chose. And we thought it'd be really good to give you kind of our experiences of university from the beginning of our course to sort of like where we're at now, essentially. We want this episode to be for anyone really. If you want a bit of advice, if you're about to go to uni and you just kind of want to hear it from someone who's not a uni trying to sell you a course and hear the real nitty gritty, that's what we're here to do. If you're at uni, if you're in your final year, first year, whatever, or if you've not been to uni, you just want to know a little bit more about it. Yeah, we didn't want this to sound like an exclusive university only podcast. We didn't want to exclude anyone um, that potentially hasn't been to uni didn't have a great uni experience you know we want this to kind of just be a little fly on the wall chat let's start with where we went why we went there like location and course like let's kind of just round it up if people have not heard our previous episodes an age sex location an asl of the uni experience do you remember that on um what was it grinder <laughs> no for fuck's sake johnny not everything's about grinder what <laughs> Right, okay. Do you want to kick off or shall I go first? You go first. Okay, so as we spoke about previously, I went to Leeds University to study fashion design and it was a real toss-up for me between, in the end, Leeds and London, but I actually applied for a big straight line down the UK of places. I applied for Edinburgh, Leeds, Brighton, Central St Martins and Kingston. So two in London, one in Leeds, one in Scotland and one on the South Coast. And basically, I think you can glean from that that I just wanted to move away from home to somewhere new and exciting and just wanted to break free of the shackles of my small hometown, which is what I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to when we talk about uni. So I got a rejection from Edinburgh. I got a rejection from St. Martin's. And then I didn't get an interview for Leeds. I literally just got an offer based on my application. But I think that's different now. My Brighton interview was... Uh, an experience to say the least I didn't think I was going to get an, an offer from it at all and actually when I interviewed at Kingston I got a rejection after my interview they said we think it'd be better if you came back in a year's time after having done a foundation I emailed them back to say thank you for the opportunity do you have any feedback and I actually got a call a week later from the head of the course to say we've actually held your work back and we've reconsidered your application and we'd like to offer you a place to which I was like what the hell like this is mental because Kingston's a big deal for fashion like it's a really top level uni 
So between it was between Kingston and Leeds, really, for me, and eventually went with Leeds. Why was it between those two? Were they the best that you'd found for the course? <laughs> yeah, I think Kingston was definitely like up there for fashion. They had amazing connections there, amazing facilities, really creative course. And I knew that I'd really enjoy it because, you know, I'd be in the full throes of the creative industry. And it was in London as well. Um, and that was a big kind of sway for me. Leeds, on the other hand, in terms of league tables, wasn't like as high up, but still was really creative. The course was actually situated in the School of Design. So it was a really creative environment, even though it was part of like a broader Russell group, stereotypically academic university. Did you always know you wanted to go to uni as well? Like, did you know, like that was kind of going to be the path? I did, yeah. Um, I'd always seen myself going to uni from probably when I was in high school like when I went up to high school like I kind of thought that would be the roadmap for me roadmap. Um, partly due oh god <laughs> triggered <laughs> partly due to the fact that but that was all I knew really and I think that's what we were kind of taught that through school that was kind of like the only way you could go even though it's not but yeah Leeds kind of had that real uni typical uni vibe to it because it was part of a broader university um because it had more focus on like a student experience, which I think I knew that if I went somewhere else that was perhaps more creative, I wouldn't get that. And ultimately, like I wanted to go to uni for the uni experience, if not equal to slightly more so than for the course itself. It was a four year course, wasn't it? Yeah, four year course. I had a sandwich year in my third year where I interned, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, go back and listen to our fashion industry episode yeah so what about you then what was your kind of journey into uni so I did the same as Johnny I did fashion but I did fashion buying I did a four-year course at the University of Westminster one year uh, third year as a placement so one year in, in industry and I think I'd actually only applied for this is why I said did you apply for five I think I only applied for three unis when I was at sixth form the reason being I never really wanted to go to uni. I just, I really didn't love education. I was quite, not like anti-uni, but I just was like, well, what's the point in spending all that money and going, actually, which we'll talk about later. But I just didn't get it. I didn't kind of understand it. And then I was working in retail at the time and I knew I wanted to be in fashion, but I didn't necessarily know whether I needed to go to uni. I knew I wanted to be in fashion. I didn't know which sort of role. And based on like the fact that I was quite creative, but also I enjoyed the analytical side of it, I found like buying and the, and the job role. And also I was watching Friends and Rachel was a buyer and I was like, oh, I want to be a buyer uh, like Rachel. It's so glamorised though, isn't it? And it's like it really what she is. wanted, like that, that episode is just like in my head rent free. <laughs> so yeah, I'd researched, obviously, not just heard that Rachel did it and decided that's what I was going to do. I then researched into like a career of a buyer and I was like, I really think I'd quite enjoy this. And then in, anyway, I found this course, but I was also looking at other routes that I could take instead of uni. But this course was, funnily enough, the one at the Uni of Westminster that I later ended up doing. But I'd found this about four or five years before I ended up doing it. But yeah, like I said, I was working in retail and I met this girl and it turned out she was actually doing this course that I'd found. And I was like, this is kind of meant to be. And I was toying with the idea. I was like, I don't know if I need to go to uni. Like, do I need to do it to get to where I want to be? I don't like the idea of having to study for another four years. Like, obviously, I was 
in retail I was kind of working my way up I felt like if I did another four years I I don't know I just didn't really like the idea Mm. of it well it's a daunting thing isn't it like knowing that you're going to be committing to something for three four years and it's in a lot of ways it's something you've never studied before yeah I also felt like did I need to do four years doing a fashion degree to get a fashion job? That was kind of my thought. And the school I went to, not many people did creative subjects at uni. So I was a bit like, well, is there any point? Is there another route? So at the same time I'd applied for uni, I also applied for the Fashion Retail Academy. I don't even know if I've told you this. No, you haven't ever told me this. So I was going to go and do their foundation year instead of going to uni, which it's not the same level of qualification but it pretty much gets you to the same place like we spoke about um in episode three about the fashion industry so they were kind of my options but both of them were in London and I knew like I said a few weeks ago that I definitely wanted to study and live in London so I got accepted into the fashion retail academy but because it's not classed as a university degree they don't you don't get the same financial support and I couldn't afford to go without that so that is literally the only reason I went to uni because I got the because you got the financial support oh my god oh I didn't know that that's mad so did you have to do any sort of like interviews then was there any interview processes for your applications yeah so similar to yours I had to take a portfolio down I didn't do any sort of design or making or anything but I'd done our A-level GCSE so I had a good portfolio and then obviously you do a bit extra for your applications so for the Fashion Retail Academy I think I had a portfolio and then a face-to-face interview and then for Westminster where I ended up going I kind of felt like I had the upper hand because I did have a friend um, who'd gone through the application process not too long before I did. I think it was online submission of your portfolio then you take uh, you prepare a project or something and then you have a group interview which was really scary. I'm thinking we could probably do a whole episode on maybe like interviews we could talk a lot about the different styles of interviews, preparation for interviews, and and the kind of like job hunt as a topic. So yeah, if, if that's interesting for anyone, let us know and we will we'll put something together. But yeah, that was that was kind of it. And then I got in and I was like, well, I can't go to the FRA, which is really annoying because it's because <laughs> I really had my heart set on that. But I was like, mm. it's amazing because I've got into the uni I wanted to get into out of all of them. So yeah, and a really fucking good uni as well. Yeah. Like Westminster's another one that's like amazing for fashion. So fun fact about my uni actually, Vivian Westwood was a student. No way, I didn't know that. Okay, so thank you so much for all your questions and your responses on the polls and on the Instagram about this week's episode. The first thing on the list that people wanted to hear was freshers. I think whether you've been to uni or not, you will know about freshers but for anybody that doesn't freshers is essentially like freshers is kind of a two-week period in your first year at uni where there's loads of social events so tends to be there's loads of stuff on at the student union as part of your university all the student bars are open and also loads of bars in the city centre clubs and restaurants and things all sorts have like promotional offers on for the new coming students that year but it's something that all students of any year attending that university can can take part in it's like your you know your first your first taste of freedom and a massive time of adjustment as well and we had one question from Jake thank you Jake this is one for the drinkers out there Or, you know, even if you don't drink alcohol, 
but you go out on nights out. What are your drinks for the pre's, for the bar, for the club, and for the afters, if you can make it that far, which I think we both know we can. I feel worn out just thinking about this. I know. We haven't done this in ages. And also, um, we just want to point out as well that there are lots of people who are at uni currently who can't go out. And unfortunately, like Freshers has been completely ruined for them. And we just want to say, we've got you, you've got this, you can do this, and things will turn out okay very soon. We feel for you though. Okay, so answer to the question. So what's the first one? Pre-drink. What it was at uni or what it is now? Because I think it's changed. What it was at uni, yeah. I actually wasn't a massive party animal in my first year at uni. Oh, but by the end. Oh, the transition. People listening to this will be shocked. I think just vodka or like, um, what was it? Caribbean twist. Do they still do that? It's kind of like a like a strawberry daiquiri sort of strawberry daiquiri and a yeah 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 I think that because it was like five percent and it was just a nice easy one we did freshers really differently but I wouldn't drink too much at pre's because I just wouldn't be able to make it through what was so different about your freshers week then what were kind of the differences do you think between our uni experiences particularly in freshers so freshers in London is totally different to I mean I've only experienced freshers in other cities from going to visit friends but obviously when you're in another city such as Leeds like you said the whole week is is to do with like bringing the uni students together and you get to meet a lot of people whereas in London you're rarely at a campus uni campus uni for those who don't know is like where your accommodation is basically the place that you like eat, play, sleep, study, you know. Mm. It's like all in one area, isn't it? And it's normally like pedestrianised. So it's like a, a big complex, if you like, with all the uni buildings and accommodation in one place. And within that, you tend to have your uni bars, your social clubs, like it's all in one place. Luckily with my uni, the student union bar was actually on the campus that I was living in. Wasn't your, like, wasn't your campus outside of London? Yeah, so mine was just outside of Wembley. The campus that I was staying on was the fashion one. It was separate from the other four uni buildings, which were like a good half an hour journey away. They weren't walking distance. I don't know about you, but before I went to uni, like loads of people were like, oh, we've got our freshers tickets. We've got our freshers bands. Literally before I even went to, before I even moved to Leeds, I think I had like three different tickets for different events with people who I'd never met, bars I'd never been to in a city that I had never lived in. But in London, it's kind of a bit of a a guess whether you should buy your university freshers band or you should buy like the central university, like central London. So that's like all the other universities in London will buy those bands too. So what did you do? Did you do both? So no, they were really expensive. They were like nearly £100, I think. So I bought the central London one. And luckily, the girls or the people on my course had bought There was a mixture of both, so I was fine. But I actually only went to one freshers night. Like, it was expensive. It wasn't student prices. It wasn't £1 vodka Red Bulls, let me tell you that. And that's London, actually, isn't it? Like, that's just expensive London. In general. And because I was obviously living in Harrow on the fashion campus, it was was a, like, 45-minute journey in an Uber to where all these events were. So... Mm. 
to be honest, I literally... That was before the night tube, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. They have the night tube where I used to go to uni now, but they, they didn't at the time. And it was just too expensive, basically. So I only went on one freshers' night out. Oh, my actual God. Uh, I can't believe it. And I've only been to the SU. I've only been to the student union twice. That was mental. To be fair, like I didn't, I didn't go to this SU that often. I can imagine you having a drunken chat in the smoking area. I was just all over the place. Let's be honest. Like you wouldn't be surprised to find me anywhere in Leeds. <laughs> but yeah, so in first year, we were really lucky with our accommodation because our halls were directly in the middle of the campus and the city centre. So. We were like 10 minutes one way in the city centre, 10 minutes the other on campus. So we could choose between going to the SU or going into town. So good. There was regular club nights that we would go to, like Mission Thursdays, Project on Saturdays at the O2 Academy. Did you do fancy dress nights as well? Because I never did fancy dress at uni. Yeah, so I did those, a lot of those with my society. So I was on the swim team and we did a lot of like fancy dress things. Also a big thing for like Leeds nightlife and Leeds drinking culture is the Otley Run. And if you've not heard about the Otley Run, basically there's an there's the Otley Road, which goes from that village all the way into the city centre of Leeds. And along that road, there's a selection of pubs, bars, drinking places, etc. And the Otley Run is essentially like, if you've ever played pub golf, where you go into a pub and you have a drink in each pub along your route, that is the Otley Run. And for the swimmers, there's two main events. There's a fancy dress one, but also they do the naked Otley Run, which is where you wear your Speedos or you wear your bikini. I was into it. I was into it. Well, that doesn't shock me. One of my best friends from school also went to Leeds. So I went down a few times and she was like, let's do the Otley Run. And I was like, all oh, right, what weekend is it? And I just couldn't understand, right? I thought that it was kind of like an event every so often. I was like, well, how many other people are gonna be doing this run with us? Like, I was thinking in my head, it's like a mini marathon and you just go to the pubs on the way. Like, I, I just couldn't really understand it. And I was like, okay, right. So if the, if your mates are out, surely there's gonna be hundreds of other people doing this run. She's like, no, no, like it, you can just do the Otley run whenever you want. <laughs> no, it is an all, it's an all day, any time of day, any day of the week event. I'm so sad I never got to do that. Like when lockdown's over, please will you take oh. me? I don't want to do the naked one. <laughs> but no, we don't I have will... to, we can put some clothes on for that. Thanks. Let's do a fancy dress. Actually, Let's get the listeners, the listeners to decide what you and I dress up as. Oh my God, yeah. Suggestions for our fancy dress costumes, please. And if people want to come with us on the Otley Run. Oh my God, yeah, we'll open it up. It could be a nice little bonding experience. Right, so back to the question at hand. So we said you're pre-drink, you're on the, you're on the Caribbean twist. What is your drink when you get to the bar? Vodka soda lime or vodka coke if I need waking up. That's me. I have vodka soda lime. Charlotte Tilbury calls it the skinny bitch. Do you have fresh lime or cordial? I don't like fresh lime. Do you? Yeah, I like to switch it up. If I need a bit of sugar, I go for the... Sorry, this isn't my answer. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I keep interrupting. So then we've got the club. So that would be, in a sense, if you go to a bar first, where you just sort of like sat at a table having a few drinks and then you progress to a club. I probably have a cocktail. 
cocktail, like a happy hour, we could normally find a good two for one cocktail bar. That's what, if we didn't do a big night out, we'd find somewhere that we could go for drinks. Two for one only, because I'm on a budget here. What cocktail would you have? I'd probably have, <laughs> I didn't have a fucking clue about cocktails. Not that I'm a cocktail, co cocktail connoisseur now. Cock, <laughs> cock connoisseur. Cocktail. <laughs> I'm not a, don't laugh at me. I'm not a Sorry. cocktail connoisseur, but. I find that so hard to believe. <laughs> But I think I'd literally <laughs> just have like a... Don't make me laugh because I said cock. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, I think I'd probably just have a woo-woo <laughs> or a sex ah. on the beach. They were like easy. Okay, yeah, nice. Or a mojito. And then I went into porn star martinis, which are up mm -hmm. there. But often not on a happy hour because they they were more the elite at the time. I'll tell you where I used to go a lot. Um, Las, Is it Las Iguanas? Las Iguanas? Oh, um, Las Iguanas. We've been there a couple of times. Yeah, they did a good happy hour. Or be be at one, or is it all bar one? I get confused. But There's they, two, isn't there? Like be at ones and all bar ones. I think be at one. one really. That was the one I used to always go to. So that was my pre at the bar at the club. Vodka soda lime or vodka coke. Yeah, and then so the afters. So you get home, party in the living room. What are you having? I think by this point I've really mixed my drinks because I bet I would have had a glass of wine in there, like a house white or something. Oh yeah, just to level it all out, <laughs> just to wash down the vodka coke. To be honest, anything goes at the afters. I'm not fussing. It really does, doesn't it? I'm so dehydrated by my own fault. I'll take anything. Mm. It literally is whatever you can find, isn't it? Probably a, like a vodka called like Seshmakov something. You know the Russian ones that aren't branded? <laughs> okay, right. What's your answer for all of that? Okay, so... I find this really hard because I literally will drink anything before I go out and particularly from freshers like we live not that far from a big Morrison's and it would always have the absolute vodka on deal but it would be like the new flavour so like the okay. passion fruit one or the vanilla one. What would you do? Shot it or mix it? So we would shot it. We would keep it in the freezer so that yeah. it would go ice cold but it wouldn't freeze because it's fucking straight vodka and we would shot it the thing is i feel like because i had to like get a tube and then an uber or on the way there I had to be a bit compass mentis i feel like for you you could be a bit more wild yeah see that's right see we could just razz it absolutely wreck ourselves and just walk into town we were really lucky because i lived in a house like a flat of six and next door to us were a group of six as well and as a 12 we all got on really well so we'd often share pre's like we'd either have it in ours or they'd have it in theirs. And it was actually amazing. A couple of my housemates uh, promoted for some of the clubs and um, events in Leeds. So we had a few sponsored parties. One of them was sponsored by Smirnoff and they gave us loads of banners and a big party cannon. That's so fun. I feel like I've missed out. It was really fun. Because that's kind of what I chose Leeds for, essentially, was that collaborative, collective uni, freshers experience. But yeah, sorry, I've, I've digressed. So my my drink at the pre's would be a vodka shot, because that was what we did. No, or no, actually, we lived really close to a Tesco Express, and I was a massive fan of their £5 bottle of Carver. I think I'm fucking Edwina Abfab. <laughs> that was me, that was my vibe. Wear. So that was my pre's. <laughs> when I get to the bar, again, we'll probably have a cocktail. Probably something that was really strong, like a Long Island iced tea. Yeah, it gets you shit face. I don't like Long Island iced teas. What's the one with absinthe in it? Oh, a zombie. That's, yes, well, there was a bar called Corlane Social and upstairs in the bar where there was a tiki bar <gasps> and whenever there. you order a zombie, they ring a bell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd probably have a cocktail that was ridiculously strong, like I needed it, but I, I literally, I look back and I just think, I don't know how I lived. And then when I get to the club, it would be vodka lemonade all the way till the cars come home. 
I'm more of a soda lime person now because I just, I can't deal with the sugar. And then afters, what are you drinking at the afters? It would probably be vodka or like gin, like probably a, a, a standard spirit that was just there. To be quite honest, like I didn't really do afters until second, third year. Like first year, it was all kind of like a bit new. Like I'd get back and I'd have like loads of food and then go to bed. And that was probably due to the noise restrictions in the halls. But then when we got into our own houses in second year, we could come back and have another party, so. Speaking of which, that brings us nicely onto living away from home, living in mm, halls. Yeah. For me then, like, like I said, I lived in halls with five amazing people who I'm still in close contact with now and lived next door to a really great group of people also. I had had a really positive experience and I know that I'm really lucky in that because I know lots of people who that isn't the case for at all. But also what came with that and the general just moving away from home for the first time into a space where you're not familiar with, you don't know the people. It's a new city for lots of people as well. There were times where I did feel really lonely still. And that's with having a really supportive group of people around me. And I know lots of people who that wasn't the case for, who didn't have that support network. Mm. So it, it can be really tough. I think uni experience and those first few months moving away and settling in can be just different for everybody. I know for me, like I am quite an independent person and just due to like personal circumstances, I haven't been properly living at home for like probably about a year and a half before I went to uni. So when I went, I was like really excited for a fresh start. But I think you have all of these thoughts that like you're going to meet your best friends in the first few days and you have to make friends with everybody. And then when I didn't like, not that I didn't get on with the people I lived with. To start with, I think it's just so many new personalities and so much going on. And also this is why I actually didn't go out a lot in the first year. I was commuting back and I was also working back in the Midlands. So I wasn't fully there, which also made me kind of feel like I wasn't, bonding with my flat as much and some people on my course also lived in my flat and I felt like I couldn't get to know them until kind of later down the line just because I kind of missed out on that 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 stage but mm. I, I ended up living with them later on if you don't bond with people straight away and, and you don't have the time to it's not the end of the world no absolutely not so how did you kind of cope then with the new people the increased workload because you know I think it goes without saying that as fun as uni is it's also a lot of hard work and we had a really nice question from Charlie about sort of managing workload and balancing mental health with a really heavy workload and also a heavy drinking culture as well. I think you learn from your mistakes in the first few months of how to prioritise your workload and also <laughs> in terms of the workload yes it's a lot it's a step up from A-levels but unlike A-levels you have totally picked the exact specialism that you want to study so in your first few months you are excited you do want to learn and you're a bit more interested by the subject so it naturally is a little bit easier and that kind of makes up for the amount of work and they do ease you in they don't just throw you throw you into things mm. too much instead of like writing things I had a lot of actual presentations we had to do a presentation mm. a week and to, to present it's a whole like cohort of students like 50 people and that scared the absolute shit out of me do you think that was to do with like your course and like the, setting you up for the sort of job you'd be doing yeah definitely it's you have mm. like in fashion a monday morning trade meeting where you have to present to everyone and 
when I actually went into industry and we do like a version of that, I felt way more confident than I would have done should I not have done that. So I appreciate it now, but at the time I was like, oh, fuck, I don't yeah, want to stand yeah. up in front of all these really fashionable girls and, and say about yeah. this stupid dress. The, the, the reason I ask is because I think there's a lot of things you do in uni that you don't realise you're doing them for for a reason until you potentially go out into industry i think for our courses definitely obviously we can only speak we we had both quite practical courses yeah. that were very relative to That's the it. roles we were going into what about you what's your answer to that in terms of workload yeah well the workload for me was a lot it was an awful lot i think I, a lot of my friends particularly in final year were just like couldn't believe the the work that I was doing and having to produce every week for critiques and feedback sessions, deadlines. You know, you go into a, a course, a creative course, knowing that. You go into any degree knowing that, really. But for me, really, like you in, in first year and second year, I learned from my mistakes. I didn't have great time management, <laughs> arguably still don't. <laughs> but I, I wasn't aware of it at the time. I don't think it was until I did my internship that I really started to focus on that as a target and an ongoing thing for me. I think university also teaches you for the first time to properly plan your day. At uni, at A-level, sorry, you have your lunch at a certain time, you have your you have mm. free periods or whatever, or college, you know what days you're in. But uni, it's you're suddenly in your own space and you can decide how you're going to spend those hours of the day because you're not often you're not in uni in study lectures for eight hours a day a lot of it is independent mm. study which I think I didn't utilize that looking back so I think also <laughs> for me like I know we spoke about this before but I worked I know. pretty much full time in every hour that I wasn't studying just because obviously living in London is super expensive you get a student loan but for me it didn't cover the accommodation so I had to work to be able to live and that's probably why I didn't find mm. it all too challenging because I because I had to only I could only study on certain days and I knew I could only do that you you were able to structure your time around something physical yeah yeah whereas for me I worked but I worked when I came back home in the holidays so mm. I worked to kind of fund my life at uni and then mm. when I was at uni um, yes, I had like lots of lectures, but I also had a lot of independent time, which was designed for being in the studio and, you know, doing lots of things. And I, I did utilize it, but, you know, I, looking back, I definitely know that I could have spent more time in, in uni doing work, particularly in first and second year. In final year, I didn't really have a choice because like there was just no option. I had to get the work done. And also I'd had a year of experience working, understanding the value of planning my days, planning my time. But I think to go to go with that, something I've learned about managing time and workload and mental health as well is the importance of planning and planning your time around resting and having some downtime. Because I think you'd be naive to think that you could go a whole year yeah. of uni without socialising with your friends. If that's something you enjoy doing, I don't think you should deny yourself of it. So what I did was plan my weeks around social events that we yeah. would have like whether that was just a film night with the house or whether we were going to go out for drinks or there was a club night we've got tickets for whatever I plan my days around that so I'd say right I know I'm not going to be very productive the day after that night out so I'll plan to have a lie-in even just loosely planning it yeah and I think that helped because like you said if you have something to structure your day around you can then put in 
the other things you need to do easier it feels easier to do that rather than having this whole expanse of time to do what you want with yeah so charlie's question um on the end of it about mental health a really good thing that i noticed spotify were doing and i particularly i did this in my final year in terms of their student membership you'd get a free subscription to headspace and headspace for those people who don't know it's just like a it's like a calming it's like a meditation app i think is the is the term of it the criteria of it but it's got like little mini courses like five minute courses on how to like reduce anxiety prepare for interviews got every sort of kind of like guided help um as well as like sleep courses wind downs anything like that really it's all on this little app it's so so good and I still use it now it's really great isn't it we were talking about this I don't think that the conversation surrounding mental health was as big back then when we went to uni at the beginning as it is now and it's great to have these initiatives that Headspace are doing with Spotify to promote well-being and mental health positivity for students and I think every uni now will have counselling services or people that you can go to for support if you are struggling or feeling like you know things are becoming unmanageable there are trained professionals at every uni to help you it's just about raising the conversation to actually go and see them and that they are available and they're not scary (laughs) and you shouldn't feel also that you have to be at breaking point to go you know it's something you can do just like any sort of physical health checkup you should be able to go and speak to somebody about your mental health as well, you know, and get it before it gets to a point that, you know, it is scary. Um, And I think that's a conversation that we're having more now as well, which is really great. So if you are struggling with your mental health and it's difficult for you to, particularly at the moment, go in and see somebody at uni or even not at uni, we will put some useful links for you to check out in the show notes below. And obviously our DMs are always open. Of course, always there 24-7. So I think that what ties in really nicely with that whole managing, juggling, having everything going on at the same time and just like dealing with it all after living at home for your whole life. We had a really good question from Flo, our good friend Flo. Thank you for listening. She said, how do you feel or do you even think about the impending doom of debt? I feel like it just sends shivers down my spine, thought of it. You know what? This is something that everyone talks about with regards to uni isn't it like debt the money side like how do you cope with it and I'll be honest my honest answer to that question is no I don't think about it I think about how ridiculously expensive my course was and how I paid the same amount of money as my friend did who was studying medicine and was cutting bodies open every day and having placements in world-class UK hospitals every week. And I was having nine hours of contact a week. But I don't think about the debt that I now have against my name. And I don't know how you feel about that. I didn't think about it until like last year I got a letter from student finance and it showed basically how much I took out and then it showed me the interest. Basically, interest gets added from the first day you get your first ever student finance payment, along with your first year of your tuition fees. So when did we graduate? Nearly two years ago now. So six years ago, we've been getting charged interest when I 
graduated, they gave me like a year before I started paying things back. And they take out like a percentage of your salary. Literally like some months it could be like 10 quid, some months it could be more. Um, but it, it, that only just about pays some interest off. So you actually never really pay it off. Yeah, I went to a lot of talks and people spoke about it as an investment. And I think that's just how I've tried to look at it. You know, it's an investment in my future, in my career. It's something I really wanted to do at the time, not just from a career perspective, but also from a social perspective, because I got to meet some amazing people. I grew as a person. I was able to, you know, see a new city, have amazing experiences in that. And, and you know, all the rest of it that came alongside my degree. But yeah, the, the interesting is is a scary thing but I don't think it should ever put anyone off uni because the government will support you like literally the government you don't pay a penny when you go to uni out of your own bank account the government pay it all on behalf of you through the student finance uh, service that's that's just in terms of your tuition fees and any sort of maintenance loan which is means tested but in terms of actually paying for your desired course you don't pay anything for that. So that £9,250 per year, like you don't pay any of that. The government pay all for you in lieu of you being able to pay back in the future. But fun fact for you all, I've got some statistics. The government estimated in 2019 that only 25% of graduates will ever pay back their full loan because your loan is there with its interest and everything else. I think mine's at about £60,000 right now. But your loan is wiped after 30 years. Okay, so by the time I'm 51, I won't have any debt because whatever's left over will be wiped off. You have to earn over £25,000 for you to start paying back your loan. And once you start paying back your loan, it's only a percentage of your salary that is subtracted. So you earn up to 25000 and then you are essentially taxed for your loan repayment on anything you earn over the 25,000. So you could earn 25,500 and you'll only be taxed on that 500 and you'll be able to have that 25 to yourself that won't be touched by the loans. It's such a flawed system from the UK government, not to get political, but you know, who, if 25% of people are only ever gonna pay it back, but they're charging all that money, I don't understand where the money comes from. And that's why for me, I don't worry about the debt. I think the pros outweigh the cons in terms of that. The things that you can gain from it, not even just in terms of your degree and the subject, just everything else that comes with it. That kind of leads us, I guess, nicely onto what do you think you gained from uni? Like what, what are your biggest take froms from the whole experience? That's such a good question because there's so many things. And over the course of four years, I feel like I could break you down about 10 things I learned from each year, but I'll try and I'll try and consolidate. What would yours be? Do you have any in mind? Well, I think I really developed my independence and resilience to things and also my confidence. Mm. I was always yeah, I was never one. shy, but I really like wasn't confident in my own ability. And I put myself out there. I think anyone does when they when you go to uni, especially in a city in a place you don't know. I'm making friends with such a different a variety of people. And when you least expect it, the best things can happen when you do step out of your comfort zones. Like I forgot to say earlier, 
when I actually went to the freshers to collect my freshers wristband I was in this queue the girls that I was living with had gone at a different time so I was busy so I was like god I'm gonna have to go on my own it was a really long queue and I actually started chatting to the girl that was in front of me added each other on Facebook we we're like oh yeah see you around we were at total different unis and like total different areas of London later that night she sent me a message like none of my housemates want to go to this event tonight do you want to go I was like, fuck it, yeah, what have I got to lose? Like, no one I'm living with wants to go and I've just paid like 70 quid for this ticket. So, got an Uber, met with this random girl, had the best night, that was actually my only freshers night. And two years later, we actually moved in and lived together and we lived together for nearly two years, no, two and a half years, yeah. She's now one of my best friends, so that is, if I, if I hadn't gone and just been ballsy, gone and got that ticket on my own, tried to strike up conversation with a stranger. That's so nice. Like, it's just this perfect example of like how amazing the experience can be. I guess I just, I really learned to be myself and I think I'm still on that journey. Oh my God, said the journey word again. Drop the J-bomb, clang. No, I do, I just feel like being able to kind of not become somebody new because I don't think I did that, but I was allowed to, I felt like I was in a safe space to be who I really was and start to explore that. Like I'd never been to a gay bar or a gay club before I went to uni, um, which is mad to think that now, but like also I've changed so much since I first went to uni um, in that respect and in terms of self-expression. I think you grow, don't you? It does help, uni does really help mould you um, and also teaches you it exposes you to all walks of life and shows you kind of what you don't want to be and what helps you to lean towards what you do want to be. Yeah, like in my experience, I I kind of went in with an open mind and, and sort of, I don't know, I, I feel like it was a whirlwind actually looking back on it for lots of reasons, but in a really great way. I learned a lot about kind of how I deal with certain situations and like how I process things. I learned about time management, you know, all of those like life lessons. But yeah, the thing I'll take away from uni is probably like friendships as well. Like I think I, I'm, I've made so many amazing friends there with such common ground who I never would have met had I not gone to uni. And I am so grateful for them. And they know who they are. In terms of friendships as well, I think just relationships with people in general, it teaches you how to especially when you're doing actual uni work, it teaches you how mm. to work in a group with people you wouldn't necessarily get along with or you don't you, you find these characters difficult to work with, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And it teaches you kind of how to manage yourself in that situation. Mm. And mm -hmm. I definitely experienced that in the workplace and been able to kind of adapt those skills that I learned at uni from those challenging situations. Um, God, I sound like I'm in a job interview, you know, when they're like, tell us about a challenging time. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> Thanks. In all seriousness, don't get me wrong, university for both of us in different ways was very challenging. Numerous times crying in the toilet saying, I can't fucking do this anymore. I don't fucking care. The stress is just unreal at times. And what I think can compound that is... Obviously, it's amazing because you've got all these people around you who are in a similar situation. But when it comes down to a stressful time, like exam periods, like deadlines, everyone else is going through that stress too. So it can be really hard to find some sort of comfort with the people who you would normally lean on, i.e. your friends. 
for support because they're also going through that time as well, which is where I think the isolation can come in and the loneliness can come in. Exactly. You describe it exactly right. Like university is quite a bubble in a way and everyone it's great when you're around everyone and we're it's all going well but when it does start to get stressful everything's heightened because everybody that you know around you is also going through that Mm. time so is there anything that you would do differently then if you could go back and speak to your pre-uni self 18 year old Kay has got a bags packed and ready to go to uni what would you say to her I wish that I'd gone to uni with a little bit more money so I didn't have to work straight away um, and obviously getting involved with societies and things because I didn't even explore that. But not really. Other than that, I think I wish I'd just been a little bit more, like I said before, less hard on myself and just enjoyed the process. What about you? That's a really good answer. I really like that. And it's really nice to be able to look back and go, actually, you know what, for all the stressful times, all the crying in the toilet or the moments where you thought you couldn't do it, to look back and go, actually, you know what, I wouldn't change anything, is amazing. I don't know what I would do differently about uni. Does it sound really boring to say, give more of a shit about the course in the beginning? No, I think that's a good answer, and I think a lot of people will probably agree with you. Because it makes me sound like I didn't care, but I did. I did care. Mum, I did care. Um, (laughs) You know, I was into it, but I think looking back... I was so caught up in the like lifestyle of being a student that I did put the work as a second priority because I did what I needed to do to get by, particularly from a first year perspective. I think I, I would have liked to have maybe spent a bit more time in the books and not in the clubs. Yeah, I also recognised that at that time I wanted to go to uni for the experience for the whole experience so I was there for that reason and I fulfilled that 100% right I think we've we've spoken about quite a lot there so thank you all for listening I hope you took something from that if you do think of anything else or if we didn't cover something that you wanted to hear let us know on the Instagram or on the email at the sample cupboard on insta and hello at the sample cupboard.co.uk who knows there might be another series being planned ATM Thank you to everybody that's listened to last week's episode. We're really, really glad that you enjoyed it. We had some really lovely feedback as well. We had a message on the Instagram from Becky. Hi, Becky. Um, She said, after working in the fashion industry for nearly four years and a tough year, I'm loving your podcast. Really relatable. Um, I'm 26 and have had to move back in with my parents after moving out at 18. I lived in London for nearly three years and now working in Leicester too. Thank you so much for your message. It's really great to hear that you've took something away from our podcast. We're all in this together absolutely absolutely and this is what it's all about so thank you so much thank you we had a lovely review from sam on apple he said great podcast to inject some energy into anyone's week keep the content coming thank you sam we definitely will and another message from flo on the instagram who said loving the podcast not gonna lie i wasn't sure if it would be my kind of thing not really being a fashiony person but i've actually found that side of it very interesting plus you talk about loads more than just that i love the podcast and this is definitely part of my weekly rotation now just want to say thank you and keep up the good work Thank you, Flo. That's so nice. We're so good at adulting, we thought we would make a whole episode on it for you. So next week, we're talking about adulting. We're covering the things they never taught you in school, money management, buying versus renting, and the self-pressures of being at a certain place in your life by a certain time. Oh my God, the sarcasm is rife. 
but yeah tune in because you won't want to miss it thank you so much to alex at runs music for all of the music on the podcast we will leave his details in the show notes see you next week